Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. And last Sunday was Camp Sunday, one of my favorite Sundays of the entire church year. We had Christy Heflin here from Lake Ponset Camp and Living Waters Retreat Center. And so we're digging into Christy's message from Sunday, which was all about how water plays such a vital role in our faith in Jesus' story and how camp can be such a place where we experience the living water of Jesus Christ. So let's get into it. Sounds good. I did not know that they had that, that they had gotten that fifty three thousand dollar grant. That's fantastic. That's really awesome. There is a son of Dakota's conference camping uh, named Tanner Clark, um, who is now a site director in Wisconsin, um, and he has shared with me that they were able to add on to their higher ups course. They were able to. Um, do a lot of other really cool things with that. So there's a lot of grant money that was given through the um, uh, UMCRUM, uh, the United Methodist um, Camp and Retreat Ministries cool. Global Board. So, yeah, That's there's cool stuff happening mm-hmm. across all of our camps as a denomination. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I liked about Christy's message is that she highlighted the different ways that Jesus used the created world in order to explain what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes Jesus was talking about things that were so different. And Jesus was reinterpreting laws that the people of God would have been taught from their infancy and would have been following for their entire lives. And Jesus was inviting them into such a bigger reality called the kingdom of God that he had to find some place to ground his metaphors in order that people would understand. Mm-hmm. and respond mm-hmm. and so what's the most common thing when you're in the middle of a you know the middle of israel you know nature and so christy listed off in pretty rapid fire succession like nine or ten different things that jesus says in the gospels that related to to the created world mm-hmm. um she talked about uh, jesus using water obviously and then mustard seeds and fish and fa- and um figs and uh, yeast and mountains and rocks and you know Jesus used these things to ground his preaching in such a way that people could respond to it. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to dig into? Yeah, I mean one of the ones that strikes me the most is the mustard seed. Uh, mustard seeds are incredibly small. Um, mm-hmm. I've for a while I had one in my desk and I have no idea where it went because it is that small. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a container of them at home as a part of a spice rack we got a long mm. time ago. I'm, that, the I don't spice know. rack that no one ever uses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. what we actually do with mustard seed, but we've never cooked with it. We just, sure. I've used them at church. Mm-hmm. But a mustard seed is a very, very small thing. And Jesus says that if you have even faith the size of a mustard seed, that's enough to move a mountain. Like, if we have enough faith... Mm the size of a mustard seed, not the smallest of all the grains, but pretty darn small. Mm -hmm. Even if we have that little ounce of faith, God can still use this. God can still work with that in the midst of all of it. So much so that mountains will move out of our way if we just believe that much. I really appreciate that because there are times where my faith feels like a mustard seed and I see the mountains around me and I'm like, oh, this is what Jesus was talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the only way that we're going to get through this is if I have faith that grows, <laughs> you know, and I also appreciate, you know, that the part of that metaphor is that the mustard seed 
is what it is. It is a seed that grows into a bush that makes more seeds. And if we have faith, like a mustard seed, we get planted. We grow into this bigger, much more mature bush, and that brings forth a harvest of other mustard seeds. And so if we have faith the size of a, of size of a mustard seed, we, we, have, we, can, we, have, we have faith enough to share our faith with others, to plant into their lives so that they become a mustard seed themselves, and so on and so forth until you have, you know, the entirety of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Our faith ha- can be that small and still make that big of an impact is basically what Jesus was trying to say. Hmm. Well, and really, camp is a way to, to jumpstart that Oh yeah, growth. Absolutely. I've never felt, you know, going to Potsdam or Storm Mountain. Mm-hmm. You just, it, there's no feeling like it. Yes. There are moments in both of those experiences that you can't help but just feel God's presence. Yeah. And so you may come with the faith the size of a mustard to see, but that definitely changes throughout your time there. Oh, yes. Absolutely. The, 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 the handoff has to be there, too. You know, when you come back to your church, it's so easy to go to camp and be on fire and have that mountaintop moment. And your faith is no longer the size of a mustard seed. It's the size of a watermelon, you know. It's, it's, it's huge. and it's, it's all-encompassing. The handoff has to be there in the local church mm-hmm. to, to harness that and, to, and, and then to, to nurture that so that that continues to grow. I think that's one of the biggest challenges of ministry um, is trying to do that right. And I've watched yes. that happen. I am the product of that happening. But, and so the, the, if, I, if I can be a part of that great heritage of churches doing it well, I'll feel very good about things. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, there's a, like if, if the camper is a kid, you know, because mm-hmm. there's camps for all ages. Yep. But especially I think for kids, who are so easily distracted into going other oh, directions yeah. or whatever. Like they have to understand, like when you come home, it takes a lot more effort mm-hmm. to keep up that feeling. Right. And it become it can, it can become really hard. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. I mean, it's like we were talking about last week with the parable of the sower, like we can plant seed into a soil that is already so saturated Mm-hmm. That, it, that it just chokes out, right. you know, and that can happen in not just kids, but definitely adults too, mm-hmm. where that becomes a part of something that I did a long time ago, but not a part of what's happening now in my life. Mm-hmm. And I would say, even though I haven't been to, you know, camp, and we go to the retreat center every year, but mm-hmm. haven't been to camp as a camper or sure. as a student um, since I was in middle school. Mm-hmm such a bedrock of what my faith is today yeah you know those experiences maybe you didn't think that was a big deal at the time right you think about them later oh yeah you know for sure 20 20 years later yep there is a certain pastor that i know and that you know um sarah nelson um that when she was in watertown i don't know if she still does this it's when now that she's at sioux falls first but when she was in watertown she would dean camps and her, her volunteer counselors would be people that she was interested in taking on leadership roles at the church. Mm. Kind, of like a, kind of like a training for 
you know, if you want to be a leader in the church in, in, in youth alone, but like, if you want to be a leader in the church, this is how we get trained. This is mm-hmm. how we do that. And I think that that's such a, a beautiful way of inviting people in um, to mm-hmm. leadership and a beautiful way of doing some very, very hands-on training so that when you get back to the church, you know what you're doing at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's true, except for when she uses her cousins. Some years. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Or another faith metaphor that Jesus used from nature um, was that of the figs, um, of the fig tree. Um, there's a story in uh, both Mark and Luke uh, where Jesus walks up to a fig tree and like it's not time for figs to be growing on the tree. Hey, so I just read this story. I'm like, I, why is he mad at the fig tree? Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not time for, for figs to be growing on the tree, but yet he goes up to the tree and rebukes it. And like the reason why is because it's a metaphor for Israel. It's a, it's a metaphor, or not for Israel, it's a metaphor for the Israelites. It's, an, it's the metaphor that they have had all this time to grow faith, and they haven't. Um, and now it feels like they're just dormant. And so Jesus, in a moment, I, I, I don't know if it's human frustration or if it is divine and judgment, but he goes up to the fig tree and curses it and says, you know, you're supposed to do this thing, and you're not doing this thing, and so you're cursed. Mm-hmm. And... Then it's withered the next day, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Is it really a metaphor for us too? Oh yeah. You know, because doesn't he go into um, being ready? We won't know the time or day mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff after that. Yep. You know, so is it? I mean, obviously he was speaking to the Israelites at the time, but I yeah. really like that passage really hit home when mm-hmm. I read it this week. Like. We really don't know. And Jesus is just saying, like, if you're not ready, mm-hmm. you're going to wither here. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The, the I mean, And like the punchline of, of that is that we are just to always be ready mm-hmm. because we don't know. That's what we didn't talk about last week. Yeah. Is the fact that, you know, the, the implication is that our job as Christians is to always be in a place of spiritual health and spiritual growth that we are bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. And if not, then, you know, we're not. Yeah. So, yeah. And then in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about, you know, the lilies of the field and the sparrows of the air. Like, God takes care of these care of these little things, like flowers in a field. Like, how often do we pass by? Or how often are we driving and we see wildflowers, you know, growing and thriving and doing their thing? And how often do we, you know, look at birds and just know that they're doing their thing too? God takes care of those. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I did a Bible study a long time ago from John Ortberg. He's a Presbyterian minister. Um, and he said, how cool is it that God keeps a running tally of the sparrows? And if God cares that deeply about sparrows, how much more does God care for you? Mm-hmm. Because we were made different, like to tie it back to the days of creation, when God, which is our camp theme for this year, when God created humanity, he called us something different. He didn't yep. just call us good, he called us very good. And before, the, before he even started this human experiment, he said, let us make humanity in our image. We are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. So if God cares so much about these animals and these plants and these things of creation that were not made in God's own image, 
how much more does God care for us? And when we feel cut off or abandoned or frustrated in our faith, we have that reminder of Jesus. We can look around our world and say, God made all of this and still made one of me. That has to be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We work so hard to get a tree to grow in the yard. But if it just pops up on the fence line, it just takes off like it's no one's business. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yep. My dad is a retired rancher, farmer and rancher, is on a personal vendetta against volunteer cedar trees because they are noxious. Mm-hmm. So. But if, if you planted a cedar tree in your yard, it'd be oh, dead. Oh, you'd be dead in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes. Yep. I really liked that part of the sermon, and they kind of really gave me some good ideas for um, how to turn, I mean, how to, how to take the camp curriculum and really make it make it really, really, really fun part of camp. That's good. So. I was pretty excited about that. Mm -hmm. The idea comes from the second day of the camp curriculum. We're going to talk about God creating the waters and God hovering over the waters. We're going to be talking about that that part of the creation story where water comes into play and what, what water means to us as people of faith. We're going to talk about baptism. We're going to talk about, you know, the times where Jesus did go to you know, lake shores and retreated and met people. And, you know, there was this, there's a, there's a scene in the gospels where he borrows Peter's boat and they, you know, Jesus floats out onto the sea of Galilee a little ways and starts to, starts to teach from the boat. Like their water plays such a central part of our faith that I, just, I were preaching on Sunday and having looked over the camp curriculum, I would have talked about the woman at the well and how water is so central to that story. Jesus asks her for a drink. And like that's the start of this whole conversation. It all centers around water. And Jesus, as Jesus does a number of different times in the Gospels, Jesus uses that water to create a bigger point. If you drink this water, you'll be thirsty again. But if you drink from the living water that I am offering to you, you'll never be thirsty again. Mm-hmm. And like she is at the, wa- at the well at noon because she's not welcome at other times because of who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. And she knows that if she doesn't have to go there and be there at that place, her shame will be less. And so she says, give me that water. And Jesus uses it to like present to her the gospel, basically. You know, and Jesus was, I mean, every good evangelist, but especially Jesus and especially Paul, they were both so good at using images because what they were talking about was so different than what they had, what, what the, the general population had in their minds. They had to find some common element in order to talk about things intelligently or talk about things in such a way that it would connect. And so Jesus used nature. And in this story specifically, Jesus used water as a way of inviting her into something so much bigger and so much deeper. And that's what we do at camp too. Like we invite people in, you know, we camp is such a, it's, it's, it's just the right level of off putting where you are free to be an entirely different person. If you want to be at camp, you're free to be the truest version of yourself and get to know God as the truest version of God's own self in this wonderfully isolated spot by water. But you get to be, get to get invited so much deeper in your faith because of camp. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would have done. We really do have a love-hate relationship with water. Yes. You know, like, okay, so we live in South Dakota mm-hmm. in a heavily farming state. Yes. And last fall, I mean, you, you think about the times of flooding versus drought and how quickly they can come. And oh, yeah. One second you're praying for rain, and the next second you're praying that it stops. Yes. I mean, I think I just think about last summer, for instance, you know, for the first half of the summer till the first of July, we were praying and praying and praying for rain. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of us in this neighborhood where the rest of the state continued to pray for rain, they didn't get it. Right. We got way too much. Yes. You know, we got, say, 25 inches of rain after the first of July, and that was just way too much. Wow. You know, or or we put in, I mean, and it's water is so crazy and where it rains is so crazy i mean Mm -hmm. here in eastern south dakota we put in pipe underground to collect water and get it out of the field yep you go a hundred miles to the (laughs) west and you just pray that more water would come yes like you you just pray that the water that we're draining out over here Mm -hmm. would go over there you know and so it's just crazy how but if if we didn't get the rain the crops that we have wouldn't grow, you right. know, and, but if we have too much, they don't grow either. Yep. I don't know. It's just, we have yeah. such a love hate relationship for, oh, yeah, for that essential thing that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that Christy mentioned um, was sandbags, um, you know, yes. water having the destructive force and being, you know, uh, being a, a hindrance <laughs> to mm-hmm. our camp ministry because uh, it was, it was 19, it was 2019 a bunch of people and I went to Ponset and we sandbagged for days mm-hmm. to cap, to help protect the the seawall, um, to help protect the lagoon, help to help to protect the bridge over the lagoon, and like we lost, I mean we lost a lot of shoreline during that flood, and then during camp itself, part of camp was underwater all summer long. Mm-hmm. You That's know, right. it was oh, it was terrible. But but last year, you know, we were back to where things looked. A little bit more normal, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, with camp and the access to the stuff that we had. But, you know, had we not taken the precautions, it could have been way worse than it I was. We still lost, a, like a, I think they lost about a 30-foot stretch of their seawall, of their retaining wall that we had to rebuild. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it could have been still way worse. Yeah. You know, from year to year, just how quickly that fluctuates. Mm. you know not just that lake but right you go from panic to to panic in it's too dry right. panic it's in it's yeah too you go wet. from panic to panic you know we went from 2011 where the river you think about the river flooding in 2011 yep to the drought of 2012 mm-hmm. like that yes you know it's just crazy yep but yet in the midst of it god's there Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the that's the cool part of it, of, of of what our faith teaches us is that in the midst of feast and famine, in drought and flood, God is in the midst of it. God is with us. And we were, yeah. And He made sure we were fine the whole way through. Mm. You know. Yep. There are things that happened that were devastating and sad. Yes. But yep. Yep. It was still okay. Mm-hmm what are you what are you going to do with this i mean what's your theme for your camps yeah so 
Um, I dean Minecraft camp, uh, which mm-hmm. is a pretty, you know, that's why I have this shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Minecraft shirt. I'm a grown okay. adult wearing a Minecraft shirt. It's fine. Um, so I do Minecraft camp and like that whole game is really about creation. I've been doing for years at Minecraft camp is that every day when we teach the Bible, we have a building challenge. Mm-hmm. And so the, one of the nice things about doing a camp based on the days of creation the building challenges are just kind of built in, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, we have the ability in the game to create all of the things that God created. And so to turn that into a daily, you know, on day one, we're going to do something about light. You know, you're, you're going to have to build some kind of light source or do something cool and creative. And the, the nice thing about Minecraft camp and Minecraft campers is that they have ideas that I can't even fathom. And so I'm going to give them the, 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 the challenge of building something that has to do with light and just let them run with it. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see what things they will come up with based on those things. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be light and it's going to be water and it's going to be humanity. It's going to be animals. It's going to be, you know, and there are all of those things in Minecraft that just translate so well. And then also we're up in, 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 in Wesley Acres where you're going to see a lot of creation through that time too. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited to kind of like the, the, the whole point of the camp is to build that bridge between the game and, and real life and the game and faith. And the, the, the curriculum just lends itself really well to that relationship this year. Cool. Um, in ways that it hasn't in the, like it's still been successful in the past, but I'm really excited to see what can come of it this year in particular. And then for sampler camp, there are so many other, I mean, where where there are no devices at at sampler camp it's an entirely different it's an entirely different context um but it's still going to be um the opportunity is going to be there to experience the same elements of creation to talk about them and then to be a part of them um in a way that that really hopefully translates to us understanding one that god made all of this that two God is still speaking through creation to get our attention. And three, we can use the creation that God made to then reflect praise back to the God who did the creating in the first place. That's cool. Yeah. Age groups on those camps? Yeah. So um, both of the camps that I do are for middle school. Okay. Minecraft camp for sure is fifth through eighth. Mm-hmm. I think I should probably know this, but middle school camp is for sure sixth through eighth. I think it, I think there has been a couple of situations where we've had a fifth grade because uh, we, we do our ages by the grades you just finished. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've had some fifth graders come and join the middle school camp before. Sure. But, yep. Very cool. Yep. I also get the opportunity to teach elementary school kids because Lindsay, my wife, does elementary sampler camp while I do middle school sampler camp, and I'm mm-hmm. being in charge of her chapels and her Bible times for that. So Cool. What's next week? Yeah. Uh, so just a reminder, we are still in the season of Easter. And so we are going to be um, dealing with an Easter story on Sunday, um, mm-hmm. the story of the two disciples uh, walking the road to Emmaus. Um, a stranger approaches them and asks them what they're talking about. And they greet the stranger with kind of disgust of like, how can you possibly not know what we would be talking about? We're talking about Jesus, of course. And, you know, the stranger kind of plays dumb and gets them to tell the story of what they're talking about. And then it revealed that the stranger walking along the road was Jesus and they did not recognize him. 
And it's so easy for us to like throw stones at that and say, oh my gosh, how could they possibly not recognize Jesus? But yet you were surprised when Jesus shows up in certain places. And we do not see Jesus when he shows up in certain places. So what does it look like to have the, the, the eyes of our own faith opened so that our hearts burn mm-hmm. and that we experience the presence of Jesus? So as we walk through this Easter season and walk through now living in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus, how do we put our faith even more in him? Where we're going. Sounds like good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the Cut for Time podcast. I hope that everyone who has listened to the sermon on Sunday or to this podcast realizes how great our camping ministry is, and I hope that everyone has the opportunity of partaking in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Please join us again on Sunday uh, here in person or online, and then for the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.